You're listening to Games from the Cellar, the board gaming podcast featuring authentic board game conversations. I'm Adrian, your host, and tonight, Stephen and Chris will be joined by Sam to play The Ingenious. Ingenious, designed by Raina Knizia, was first published by Cosmos and Fantasy Flight Games in 2004. Ingenious was nominated for the Spiel des Jahres in 2004 and won a Golden Geek Award for Best Family Game in 2006. At the time of this recording, Ingenious has a 7.1 rating with 17,000 ratings on Board Game Geek and has a ranking of 521. It is a 1-4 to four player light complexity game that should be played in about 30-45 to 45 minutes. Thank you for joining Stephen, Chris, and Sam in the cellar as they go in-depth with Ingenious. All right, so it's about time we got to a Reiner Knizia game, and uh, the the one that's going to break the seal is Ingenious. Is that really how you pronounce this guy's name? Reiner Knizia. Oh, Reiner Knizia, yeah. Some people say Knizia, some people say... It, what you'll have to do is listen after I have my wife pronounce it in the intro, and that'll be the actual way to say it. But we're going okay. with Reiner Knizia. It's a German name. He's a German guy. He wears a bow tie. He's really cool. All right. And I'll he's keep, a doctor. I'll keep an eye out for him on And the he's street. also made like 500 games. Maybe we'll see him at Gen Con or something. No, he doesn't. He doesn't come over here for that. Oh. He's maybe. always at Essen, though. Anyway, ingenious. This is... Um, the ultimate family strategy game. I'm going to say this is one of his abstract strategy games, but let's be real. They're all... 95% abstract strategy games. It says it on the box. That's where it got yeah, that from. Yeah, no, you're right. The ultimate family strategy game. And, you know, as far as family weight games go, this is actually a really good, I would say this is a really good family game because the rules are simple. You've got these pieces and that have these bright shapes and colors. And it's, you know, it's a lot of fun, actually. Uh, the rules are very simple. You're going to take a tile, you're going to place it down, and you're basically going to match one of your tiles, uh, match one of the colors with, uh, in one of the spaces next to something that's already on the board. Corkle um, kind of comes to mind as a very similar game in that you're matching colors and shapes. But it's different because uh, with Quirkle, it's more like Uno, where you're matching the shape or the color, and it's like Scrabble where you're um, you're trying to make the lines of six because there's six different shapes and six different colors. And then you're also playing in ways to block other players. So it's it's that one's actually really cool. I hope we get too soon. But this is ingenious. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Chris, you want to kind of give us a rundown of how this goes? Because I don't think Samuel knows what's going on. I just read the rule book while you were giving that introduction the rule book is nice it's one sheet it's a real sheet yeah Yeah. it's very nice i mean this this is in the the vein of the the hasbro games where they probably could have printed this on the box lid yeah i the one thing i was looking up i didn't see it available for regular sale but it is on ebay for about 40 bucks but i bet you ed might or games and stuff might have a copy of it or two your game store um it's a it's a great game great family game um, the ultimate family yeah. strategy game. So, what do you call these pieces? They're they're tiles. They're they're like hexagonal joined together t- uh, dominoes. Yeah. So they're like dominoes, but they're two hexes together instead of two two squares. Yeah. 
So basically you're going to have six different colors, red, green, blue, orange, yellow, and purple. And your goal is to get as many of those when you're placing a piece down in a row and you get points for each one that's connected to your piece. It's, um, it takes a little bit to kind of figure out. Is it in a row or is it just connected? It's in a row. It's in a row connected. So like, well, I can show that to you later, but you'll see once you start playing pieces, you'll see, oh, this gives me three yellow in a row, and you'll score three points. Your score is equal to what your lowest number is. I see. Yeah, that's that's Kenitsu's scoring. So essentially what happens is you'll place a piece on the board, and if either one of those colors or both of those colors makes a chain uh, that is a straight line, you'll get points based on the length of that chain. Ah, I see. The way the game starts is Sam being the youngest player will get to go first, and he'll play a tile down next to one of the... There are pieces on the board that start with each of the different colors. You pick one, and then we all have to pick a different color to start with, and then you'll get to go from there anywhere on the board that you want to. All right, so the other other caveat to kind of think about or to be aware of is you do have this score track. Um, It's a little pegboard with uh, the six different colors, and it goes up to 18, which is the maximum you can score on a a color. What happens when you get to 18, Stephen? So when you get to 18, you yell, ingenious. You throw your finger up in the air, too. Ingenious. Yes, just like that. And you get to take an extra turn. Wow. Now, you don't get to pull tiles. You have to use the ones that you already have. So it's like a bonus placement it is a bonus bonus. placement it comes into play it's pretty handy it is pretty handy i recall the first time i played this game like 10 years ago somehow i managed to to chain three of them in one turn and it it seriously turned the tide of the game for me because so when does the game end when one person has all ingeniouses the game ends immediately or when you cannot put another tile out on the board i see that's easy to keep track of your highest scores don't count. It's actually the lowest score that you have. So it makes sure that you play evenly and not focus too much on one or two particular colors. Take advantage of the large scoring opportunities when they're there. Because yeah, that's how you get your ingeniouses and your extra, extra Because turns. you'll sit there and go, you know what? There's a red there. I'm going to get that later. And then it'll go to my turn, and then Steven's turn, and there will be no more availability for red. And you kind of get... Because mm-hmm. we'll all be taking like runs on different colors, and you want to be either be part of that or shut it down. So it seems like you guys have a history with this game. We've played this quite a bit. Yeah, This is another one, again, from the early days of us board gaming together, where, again, we didn't have as large a collection, so games got more repeated plays. And... Um, I, I think I've only played this a handful of times, maybe like two or three, but the one game where I got three ingeniouses in one turn really stands out. This isn't a game that's going to create a narrative that you're going to be talking about weeks from, you or years bet. from, a, you know, aside from, you know, getting Except a bunch for of, your story about getting three ingeniouses in one turn and... I mean, other than that, but this... Oh, remember that time that I blocked your, your red chain? You had like four and you're about to get seven points and... You know, those those aren't the types of things that are going to happen with this game. But it is really fun. It flows really nicely. 
and the action on it's really good. So this was a game that John brought to us, and I think John would have a couple of those stories about. I remember one time I was about to score a red, and Chris like was right in front of me, and he shut it down, and I couldn't get any red. I mean, there are those that brings back memories. Yeah, but this isn't like you know Grimnack getting (laughs) murked by. You're uh, correct. By the the third mass infantry and memoring getting mad and trying yeah, to avenge yeah. and you know you don't have those types of stories. I think we all will remain friends when this is over. Oh yeah, there's no table flipping involved in this game yet. Yeah. All right, let's give it a shot. Let's give it a go, and we'll get back as soon as we've yelled ingenious for the last time. That was ingenious. That was uh, that was our our first Reiner Knizia game. It was a very cutthroat ingenious. You know, it had some it had some moments where I really wanted to just slap well, slap the tile out of your hand because you were going right where I wanted. I tried really hard to to stab Chris in the back. Yeah, there was like three or four times you had your hand ready to smack me. And what was what made it even worse is you put down the exact tile I was going to put down. <laughs> what was yeah, the exact tile? The same tile that I had put down. That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah th- we had what three tiles in a row? Three of the exact tiles in a row. Blue, and that happened yellow, twice. Blue, yellow, blue, yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah and happened the, a couple and then times. The, the green, orange, yeah. too. Three times in a row. And yeah. luckily, I was the tail end of it. So yeah, I got not, the most let me points. let me tell you, going first in this game, I don't think it's an advantage. Well, I mean. What was your what did you what did your score end up as? Nine. Nine. Okay. So it wasn't yours also a nine? I was also nine and, and Chris, Chris got a ten. 10 yeah. So yeah. you know, pretty pretty close around the pretty So close I think the, the consensus we reach here is Chris was cheating. I mean, he kept putting the exact I put the snack same piece that you put down, Sam. Put the exact tile I was gonna put down first. Yeah. Like he knew what the optimal move was for me. And you came around behind me and was able to put it down. Yeah, but I didn't screw up the blue and this, yellow. I didn't time, screw up the green and orange. This down here with the green down here, I was going to do the exact same thing. Well, that was me, not Chris. Yeah. yeah. So I had two ingeniuses. How many did you have? I think I also had two. Two. And did you have two or just one? I just had the one. You were pretty close to one another. Eh, not you really. You were one point away from a third. Yes, I had a perfect move where I would have done two in one turn and gotten to play that third tile, which would have given me very close and helped me quite a bit on the orange. But you didn't need any help. That's true. Yeah, no, I I could have kept going for the blue, but I went a long while without seeing any blue tile. And when I did see a blue tile again, there weren't any good opportunities. And frankly, it didn't seem worth it to chase... Yeah, sometimes sometimes chasing the ingeniuses isn't optimal strategy. Yeah, I mean it's it's powerful for sure, but because sometimes what you're well what you're doing is you're filling up space on the board, and space on the board is a very very precious commodity, and if you're using that space to not basically continue to move up your lower your lower pegs or your lower colors, then you're kind of wasting that space. Now, it could be that you're strategically wasting that space to end the game quicker and to deny other players that space. But uh, that's you know that's part of the decision that you're making. It's not just throwing the tiles down. I mean, yeah. it could have been. It probably was Chris's uh, strategy because, you know, 
Well, once you get a head and a color and you can look at other people, like I knew there wasn't any red when I shut it down over here. So I knew you were going to have a hard time getting red. Yeah. I mean, I know John's not here, but I don't think he would mind saying that you really have to pay attention to the game state Mm -hmm. on this game because I could look at your board and see where you are with orange and with red. I could see where you are with purple and there just there wasn't any place out there to get purple. Yeah, and that that was a perfect use of that terminology. And speaking of game state, uh, I appreciate how the way you play this game changed drastically as it went along. Mm-hmm. Right, you you start and the board's full of possibilities, but the more people play to a specific area, the more valuable it is for you to play off of that area. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of stick with the crowd. And I really felt like the game developed through different phases where we went from where we went from exploring the potential of the board to capitalizing on that. Just extracting the most points yeah, possible. To, and then realizing that we were rapidly running out of space. And it, it really went from half full to entirely full very quickly, I felt. Yeah, and in a three player game you're missing the outer ring. So there's probably another 10 or there's about eight on each side. There's one, two, three, four, eight on each side. So So 48. So you can place another 24 tiles. Yeah. So you're missing the entire outer ring. So, but even still, that's the fourth player. So, so you probably get to take less turns, but there's more tiles. So maybe you score more. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're scoring more. Well, I guess it depends on how it's being played because you probably score more, but may not be setting each other up. You're not guaranteed. Right. This is interesting. The interesting I love about this game. It's like, do I play and keep it going? So it keeps building or do I shut it down? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do I cash out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a multitude of small, but very meaningful decisions that you make in what looks to be a very simple game. And you know, it's it's not just it it's not just matching colors and getting your points to what Chris is saying. There's a bit of an area control aspect to it where you can place tiles in such a way to actually block off other players' ability to score points. Yeah. You can look at it and say, you know, I think I have an advantage in this color right now and I don't want anyone else to score more points from this part of the board. Mm-hmm. And then even even just like strategic the strategic way you place the tiles, you can... So right now, on our board, we have three blank spots because of the way tiles were placed. Now, that could have been by accident, but at the same time, if you really want to get aggressive with your with your opponents, you can place the tiles in such a way that there are more blank spots, essentially quickening the game. Yeah. Especially if you're in a position to want to end the game quicker. Mm-hmm. That might be that might be an avenue that you explore. I mean, it was the last turn, but Chris, there were five spaces left on the board, and Chris could have placed his one piece in such a way that all all of the other all the other pieces or all the other spaces would have been completely blocked, and I would not have been able to take my last turn. Now, granted, my last turn didn't matter because I couldn't move the color I needed to. But if I did say have the ability to make up make up the uh, that color, he could have he could have easily won the game because of that placement instead yeah. of allowing the me reason to score. I, I did need to get three to get two orange or three orange I got, which moved my orange up to eleven. Which if I hadn't done that, then I would not have 
You would have had eight points. Yeah. So, so anyway, it's the last move won me the game. It's a um it's a I like to say it has emergent strategy because on the surface it emergent lo- gameplay. Emergent gameplay. On the surface it seems like a very simple rule set. Seems like it's a nice friendly game and oh look you got nice pretty colors at the end, but you can really get real cutthroat with this one, which is what I think makes this game have staying power. Yeah, you can really see how this would work as a family game mm-hmm. where, you know, if, if you've got young kids, there's shapes, there's bright colors. They you can play it friendly. You can play it friendly. They can, you know, learn counting. They go, okay, I can, I understand. I put it down and connect. And they play at a very basic level. But there's also game here for uh, a more competitive uh, sort of gamer where you can really get into the cutthroat. I'm going to deny this to the other player. I'm going to capitalize on this. And you know, this is, and it was a close game. Yeah. I love him or hate him. This is what Reiner Knizia does really well. Um, he takes these really simple systems and makes them these, makes them into really complex gameplay experiences. And the simple fact that he made it where, only your lowest color scores or the lowest color is what is your score. I mean, just that one simple change, it takes a minute for you to realize because most people are like highest score wins, right? But that one simple change makes this game what it is. Because if you, if you play the game, like the highest total, like what your total score is altogether, it'd be a whole different game. Oh yeah. Oh, most definitely. That's a and then trying to add that up at the end would be kind of a colossal pain, but you would focus on getting two or three to the end, and it would it would completely change the nature of the game. Yeah, and I don't know if it would be better for it or not. I don't think so. I don't think it um, would either. I think, I think the value of this game is that because you can only score your lowest value color, um, the colors change. The incentive to play uh, different colors changes. So mm-hmm. you end up with blocks of the board where we played blue we played green we kind of transitioned through all the different colors because it was more valuable it's more valuable to play off of the other players you're you're encouraged to collaborate so Mm -hmm. everyone can build up points and you're trying to decide okay do i defect first Mm -hmm. all right we're working together so we all score a bunch of points but if i defect first maybe i can get the most of the green and block it off so nobody else can score green here Mm -hmm. and i think if you just summed all of the colors i don't think that would work as well yeah because if you just summed all the colors then you know playing to your your choices become less meaningful because any choice you make is going to further your goal yeah i think even if the max points in a specific color were capped you'd still have an interesting game because you'd still be incentivized to score in different colors. But I don't think it would be as interesting. I think this is a I think part of the joy of this game is keeping in mind I have a lot of points in green and a lot of points in red, but I have zero points in purple and so my score is actually zero. Yeah. Yeah. It was very smart of him to make it to where your lowest score. Just I call it wanna... ingenious, you coward. I know what a pander. 
It was an ingenious maneuver on his part. <laughs> yes. An ingenious game. But it's what we find with all of his games. They're all very close, tight. And you know, all right, so I wouldn't say all of his games because, you know, he did make Abandoned Ship, which is notoriously a bad game. <laughs> Is that the one with like, the rats? It's the one with the rats on the sinking ship, and you're rolling the dice to try to get them off. And I remember that being a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a fun game, though. It was, it's either fun or it's close. It's, it, was, it was fun or it wasn't fun. And yeah. it was fun the first three times we played, and then after that it got very repetitive, and you saw that the choices weren't really choices after all. Well, I don't like that. But it also seemed like a very um, silly game. Yeah, I mean, for what it was, it was okay. But um, this game was a bit like Splendor, where it can't, it got out there, and we didn't do a lot of talking. No, this was a very quiet game. Well, we were also trying to push the game through. We wanted to. We did finish it in thirty minutes. We finished it in thirty minutes. The box says forty-five. We wanted it to get done before that because um, it's we almost ten thirty. We don't want to be recording into the wee hours of the night because we get a little loopy when we go late. And, you know, for a game like this, we really need to be sharp and on our game and just give it the 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 best commentary that we can because... I feel like you're trying to set me up for something and I'm... No, nothing. not really. I just, you know, I was just, okay. go, I was just going for it. Okay. I mean, honestly, I think even if we weren't... Uh, even Dude. if we were not playing quickly, I think this is a silent game. Yeah, or I mean, a quiet game at least. Like Splendor. You're thinking about what you're doing. You have to respond to the other people's moves, but you probably have an idea of what's going on regardless. Yeah. it's. I think it's just indicative of games that are abstract and don't try to hide it. Like, you know, Splendor, there is a little bit of a theme there. It's very pasted on, but... You know, for all intents and purposes, it's an abstract game. This is an abstract game. Like, what do you... There's no narrative to this. Like, this isn't a game where you're going to be table talking with each other. Now, you could have a conversation about your day and how, uh, you know, how how work is going. Or you can talk about your kids. Or, you know, you can have, like, conversation like that. But this isn't a game where it's like, you know... If you if you put a red piece there, it's going to create complications for you. That that's what we miss about John tonight. Yeah. John is the king of table talk at this game. Yeah, John can make anything into a into a narrative. That's that's, that's fair. Yeah, that this is game true. does not have an inherent narrative. Yeah. Um. And really, I prefer that. Um, I mean, I, not, I would rather have no theme than a weak theme. Yeah, and not every game needs to have a theme. Yeah, but no. I do appreciate it when John gets into your head. You did win the game. I did. That's two in a row. It's that time. He just scored more points. He scored one more point than we did. And, uh, you know, let's turn that one into a one to ten and use that to rate this game. And we'll base it on the board game geek uh, one to ten rating Oh, okay. Scale. That, that makes it real easy. I'll give it a seven. Just going right for it. Just straight no up seven. No preamble, no postamble, just straight seven. It's a very simple game, a simple seven. All right. Nothing abstract about that. That's a shame. You should abstract that out more. I'll, that. I'll give that to you. We've mentioned Reiner Knizia has a ton of games. I, I think it lasts, well, I don't even know. I'm going to say a number, five, like 500, and it's probably more than that. But... He's made many, 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 many amazing games, and I, 
I have a feeling we'll run across him again at some point real soon. But of all the games that he's made, this one I think is one of my absolute favorites. Um, I'm trying to think what else kind of is that upper echelon of Reiner Knizia for me. And I think I would need to see a list of his games. I mean, well, this is definitely up there. Winter Circle is one. Okay, Winter Circle wins. Um, <laughs> I Winter Circle. All right, so that that one does have a narrative, Just or at least the in, theme is there. And at I least love in it. our group, it has it has a historical narrative. So, from misread names misread names to just uh just great outcomes yeah just horses like steps away from winning and just can't do it just can't do it yeah uh so winter circle that's a good one um you know i can't i can't off the top of my head think of one but winter circle is a little bit more involved this is a 30 minute 40 minute game all right i found over 700 games i don't know if i've played 700 games in my life. I have 230 unique games logged for us. 230 yeah. unique just for our group. Just for, no, I mean, we're probably close to three, well, 300, like 300 games of Monopoly. That's what John always says. No, we're right? talking individual games. Yeah, unique games. Oh. I think even if you count like digital games? computer games, yeah. I don't think I get to 700. All right. So Reiner Knizia has just... We looked it up. It's now 700. It's up to 700 now. And to me, Ingenious is in that upper echelon. And, I mean, he's got some really amazing games. We were just talking about Winter Circle. He's also done Through the Desert, which I think is an amazing game. It's kind of go-like. And, you know, you got the little pastel camels that some people want to eat. I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, Modern Art and Loot are really cool. Loot? Loot. Okay. Uh, Both very good. Um, A little uh, deck of card games. And then I forgot about Blue Moon oh, yeah. and Blue Moon City. Blue Moon City. Were both Reiner Knizia games. And so just that little list right there kind of give you an idea of the exposure that we've had. Now, I know there are a lot of other amazing games that he's put out that we just haven't gotten to. But all that to say, Ingenious is a top-tier Reiner Knizia game, in my opinion. And with that, this is on the pedestal of sevens. That's what you want to go with. That's what I'm going with. Let's go with what you got to say, Samuel. What I have to say? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to wax quite as eloquent as Steven here. I mean, somebody's got to fill some time. Sure. Um, I liked this game. I enjoyed playing it. I could see myself purchasing a copy of this game one day because it's just it's fun easy to put on the table right now i don't have the shelf space but that's okay because you have a copy this is a game that seems like it would be easy to introduce people to yes Mm -hmm. because there is no there is no theme for people to wrap their heads around it's a game Mm -hmm. yeah you you immediately take that layer of having to understand what's going on off. Yeah, you put something like Wings for the Baron or Root or Mosaic down in front of people, and even if they're capable of understanding the mechanics, having to peel back the theme can intimidate people, at least in my experience. This one, enjoyable, 
You can put some thought into it. It's colorful. I like the pretty colors. For the pretty colors, I'm going to give it a seven. Awesome. As Jeremy would say, seven blue stars. <laughs> oh, Jeremy. Sweet summer child. All right. Ingenious. 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 Ingenious.